from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On Monday, it's the 79th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And so on today's show, we're visiting with Dr. Stephen Sloan of the Archdiocese of Dubuque, whose great uncle, Father Al Schmidt, was the first, ca- first Catholic priest to die in World War II after going down with the USS Oklahoma on December 7th at Pearl Harbor. He'll talk to us today about his uncle and that fateful day. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Morning. We're fully into Advent now, and yes. uh, our priests of the diocese had a marvelous uh, kind of renewal morning on Tuesday, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, spirituality of compassion and ministry in pandemic times. We were led by Dr. Dominic Vachon of Notre Dame, and he gave us a full morning just thinking about compassion not only to our people, but to ourselves, and uh, how we renew that wellspring of compassion. I think mm-hmm. this is something then during the Advent season that that we all, you know, we can be a little bit uh, uh, brittle. We can feel that we're, mm-hmm. we're frustrated in our ability to be for people in the way that we want to. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, to allow the Lord to anoint us with the balm of his own peace that we Mm -hmm. seek and the Prince of Peace and all that were there. Today the 4th, hey, tonight is the great uh, Catholic Charities No Room at the Inn virtual event. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's usually in the Pastoral Center. They decorate it splendidly as they did last year. Mm -hmm. But uh, now it's going to be hosted at Chez Moi at (laughs) at the uh, Cathedral Rectory. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not Stately Wayne Manor and it's not Downton Abbey, but uh, Barbara Decker and I are co-hosts for mm-hmm. this great event that's going to involve entertainment, humor, and raising money to support all the many ways in which Cali Charities is there for hurting people these days, not only with the food pantry, uh, those who are taking advantage of teletherapy over the phone and other things through our counselors and other things, uh, the various services that are provided throughout. So, uh, you know, we know there's a rise of domestic abuse uh, with mm-hmm. the isolation and all that's going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we want to be there for people, and this is one of the, the very real ways in which we can extend our arms, our, our love, our charity through the support of the No Room at the End virtual event tonight. Mm-hmm. That's at www.catholiccharitiesdm.org slash events. Mm-hmm. org events. Come on in and uh, see how beautifully. I I did not have a, a lift one finger to decorate, <laughs> Kelly. They told me to stay out of the way. So and and I just wanted to be for the record that 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 glass of some red liquid that I'm holding is not is is actually cranberry juice. So, oh. uh, you know, it was very disappointing to me too. But anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> so but uh, it was a work day. So oh, okay. Yeah, okay, so very good. Yeah, so. Uh, we're looking at uh, lots of things happening. Obviously, Monday is the Feast of St. Ambrose, you know, our, mm-hmm. our uh, cathedral church uh, mm-hmm. dedicated to St. Ambrose, uh, the great uh, preacher and spiritual father, not only to Augustine, but, uh, you know, he got a little cranky once in a while, so he had to maybe uh, tone it down. He uh, he accused Monica, the mother of Augustine, of being tippling a little bit too much when she was actually just moving her lips while she was praying, so he mis- misunderstood <laughs> her. So even mm-hmm. saints get it wrong once in a while, <laughs> Francis reminds us of that fact uh, as well. But uh, more seriously, our hearts are very much uh, in the diocesan family with Deacon Dave Miller. His wife, Jan, passed away this week Mm -hmm. after a long debilitating illness. But this great woman of great spirit and verve and the way she reached out to the hungry, feeding the hungry and homeless in Mm -hmm. so many ways. And now may she be feasting at the great banquet table, her services at St. John's Norwalk uh, this evening and tomorrow. And then we're also mindful of uh, 
Jan Berenson of St. Patrick's and Council Bluffs when I was there uh, in about five weeks ago to install Father James Ahankara as pastor. You could, you could tell she ran the show in the <laughs> sacristy, but very quickly contracted uh, COVID and succumbed this week to that disease. So it's very real, mm-hmm. and uh, so the prospect of the vaccine is something that we want to uh, avail ourselves of when that time comes. The bishops of Iowa met uh, yesterday by Zoom, and we finalized our vaccine statement, uh, the uh, the attitude that, yes, uh, we're looking at all the different kinds of production that might happen with the vaccines, and though some of them might be derived from uh, mm-hmm. objectionable sources mm-hmm. in a remote way, uh, obviously we want something that is not only in the development, production, testing, and uh, clean across the board. But the, the Catholic Church's longstanding teaching in this regard is that it's so remote and the good to be had, not only on an individual level, but obviously the communal level, is very important. So that vaccine statement's on our website. All right. We're going to take a quick break and return. We'll welcome Dr. Stephen Sloan of the Diocese, Archdiocese of Dubuque to talk about his great uncle, Father Al Schmidt. We're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Catholic Tuition Organization. Your support of CTO provides qualifying families tuition assistance to send their kiddos to our Catholic schools. They benefit and you benefit with 65% Iowa tax credits online at ctoiowa.org. Until December 15th, contributions from new donors are matched. New donors double their impact with a donation to CTO. Thanks to the Reichardt Family Foundation. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Dr. Stephen Sloan of the Archdiocese of Dubuque, whose great uncle, Father Al Schmidt, was the first Catholic priest to die in World War II after going down with the USS Oklahoma on December 7th at Pearl Harbor. He'll tell us about his uncle and that fateful day. Good morning, Dr. Sloan, Steve. Thanks for making the time to be with us this morning. Oh, happy to join you. I don't know if I have to uh, uh, get a pass to President Collins of Loris College as the Board of Regents are meeting. But they seemed rather happy to not have me at the meeting this morning. So I, I, I think I think we're fine. I think they probably think it's a good thing. So, okay, yeah, very thank good. You. No, but, I, but I do need a I, I do need a handwritten note though, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, they won't be able to read it if I write it. So I mean, I mean, I mean I'm not an optimist. Or a doctor like you, but uh, you know, in that way. So, uh, but it's so beautiful to have you here, and we're thinking about uh, Monday, the anniversary of the uh, event at Pearl Harbor and the attack that took place there, and Father Al Schmidt as well. So we, uh, you know, we may have crossed paths years ago, but we really got to know each other on the occasion of when there was a special rosary that had been crafted and was presented to Loris College. And could you just recount uh, what that was all about for us? Yeah, you know, and that's that's really true. Um, the The history on that rosary was there was a gentleman, a Mister Klein um, from Epworth, who somehow got a hold of some of the teakwood from the Oklahoma, 
and he crafted rosaries, and in each bead he did insert a small piece of pearl. And the person who donated the rosary to Loris, Dan Murray from Guttenberg, his father purchased that rosary from Mr. Klein at a parish auction. And um, Dan was a Loris grad, and he knew the story of Father Al. And, you know, in typical Dan style, he said, I, I don't think I should uh, enjoy this artifact all by myself when there's so many others that could enjoy it. So Dan graciously gave it to Loris, and it uh, is on display uh, in Christ the King Chapel. So the the, uh, the wood from the deck of the USS Oklahoma or wood taken from other part of the ship, but anyway, part of that, uh, that uh, you know, instrument of, of defending the peace, but an instrument of war, but uh, how much the rosary is really the instrument of peace in our world and invoking Mary's intercession, and obviously December 7th and then December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception as well. December 8th was kind of a significant day for Father Al Schmidt, was it not? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, that was the date of his uh, when he was first ordained um yeah so it it is a significant date um yes yeah um, so his ordination took place i believe was he ordained in rome or was he ordained in, in no the, yeah. he, he actually was in ordained in rome and it, and it was interesting um he was over there and he became rather sick with pleurisy mm. i mean very sick the and they didn't affliction. think he would yeah. actually mm-hmm. make make the ordination um but um, he actually did, and um, yeah, so it was in Rome, and um, that was, you know, he died almost on the anniversary date of his ordination. Okay, so, and we'll get into ironic. we'll get into the details of the day itself here in a, in a moment. But uh, uh, so your great uncle uh, was he someone who was talked about when you were a boy, or how did you come to to know his story and know that you had a, a special connection with somebody who was revered in in many people's eyes? Yeah, he's you know when I was growing up, um, my grandmother of course was his brother, and um, her sisters uh, lived in the Dubuque area, too. So if there was, you know, a a holiday and they were together, Father Al's discussion would almost always come up. And um, then as a lot of the Father Al's sisters passed, his last sister, Sister Germaine Schmidt, who was a Franciscan sister, would typically be at our house for the holidays. And um, she was very knowledgeable in the Father Al history and uh, people associated with it. And I really don't think there was a holiday where there wasn't some reference to Father Al and um, what his life was like and um, how interested she was. She said, she used to always say, I can't wait to, to the time when I can get up there and say to Al, what actually went on that day? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, uh, that was difficult, Sister Germaine. Yes. She, she had bold hopes and no fear of death. So that was, uh, that no, was, fear <laughs> no fear whatsoever. No fear whatsoever. So they no. hailed from the, the, the cradle of vocations, really. St. Lucas, Iowa, were they, were they on a farm or in town? or? Yeah, they, he was raised on a farm. Um, there was ten children. And he being the youngest, um, and then from St. Lucas, uh, he went to um, what's called Columbia College, which is Loris College. Mm-hmm. Um, and he attended Loris, and he 
absolutely love Loris. And um, he did um, well enough at Loris to have the opportunity to then go to Rome and, uh, for seminary. And uh, then after seminary, he uh, his first assignment actually was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which seems kind of strange, but um, since he was uh, from the Dubuque Archdiocese, or diocese, um, but the, the story on that was Archbishop Beckman, who was Bishop of the Dubuque Diocese, uh, promised to Bishop McGovern, who was the bishop from the Cheyenne Diocese, some help. And uh, he thought, because of Father Al's pleurisy, that this Western climate would be better for his health. Mm. So that's why he went out there. Oh. And, um, yeah, and I just found that out not too long ago. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. Um, and then he was there for a little bit, and then in um, 30, 1937, he then was assigned to St. Mary's uh, here in Dubuque. Um, okay. So... I never, you know, I didn't, so you weren't holding out on me in that story about Cheyenne. You just came to yeah, know that recently. I'm actually holding out. I, I actually have a few things I'm holding out for you just to kind of keep you in the lurk, in the dark a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'll, but, uh, I, you know, I'll just inject here uh, the, the beautiful display and tribute to Father Al on the campus of Loris College, the display case there. There is this young poem that's uh, posted there, and I maybe hasn't caught your attention, but I was so intrigued by this. When he was an elementary school kid, he wrote a poem, What If Jesus Had a Dog? And not a, what if Jesus had a cat, but what if Jesus had a dog? And, uh, you know, it's just really tender and touching, you know, that his, that his faith, but, you know, kind of what we would call today a sacramental imagination, that he could kind of put himself there. And so it ultimately concludes with the dog being by him at the time of the, the crucifixion and things. And so the loyalty of the dog that was there. And so, so he, 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 those mysteries were real to him, but he allowed his childlike imagination to go there in a way. So that, there was obviously deep faith all the way through so you know i think his his world was much larger in that and i think you know the opportunity to go to rome but then to come back to saint mary's but then the navy the navy why what was the tug on his heart there you know and i i really don't know why the navy um i do know that he was concerned that there were a lot of young men at that time primarily men who um he felt didn't have, there weren't enough priests to serve their needs. And um, so he approached, at that time again, it was uh, Archbishop Beckman, and asked him for permission to become a chaplain. And it was interesting, I found a note from Archbishop um, Beckman that said, um, yeah, all seem to, let's see, yeah, the here I I just found it. Recently. Yeah, I have allowed only the best of the young priests to apply for chaplain service in this war. Priests I feel sure of who can stand the test and reflect the credit upon the church and upon this archdiocese. So, you know, I think maybe others applied, but I I know he definitely uh, was it from what we gather, one of the early ones to be accepted into that 
from the archdiocese. Okay, so it was so, it was a sacrifice for the archdiocese to this fine priest to, to let him go. It wasn't like don't let the door hit you as you as you head on to the, the military. But uh, yeah, and, and Dubuque at that time blessed with a surfeit of, of vocations. I think at one time there were over four hundred priests in the archdiocese of Dubuque. So, but a, a sacrifice nonetheless, as it is today, and in the Des Moines diocese with Father Zach Kautsky mm-hmm. serving in the Air Force. So that uh, tradition of of chaplaincies. Well, let's come to the the actual day, the fateful day, December seventh. 1941. It was a Sunday, was it not? And uh, how did that day unfold from your uh, your uh, understanding? Yeah, it was a, you know, if the, the story goes, it was a beautiful Sunday morning, and um, it was Father just finished uh, Sunday Mass, and um, he was... On board the ship, on board the ship. On board the ship, on mm-hmm. board the Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and was heading... Um, out to, I guess, kind of clean up after Mass, and uh, then all heck kind of broke loose. At 7.58, there was an attack, and um, that point, the Oklahoma was one of the many ships. There was actually 93 ships that were uh, positioned in the harbor, but the Oklahoma was kind of prime spot. And they were hit, and within... I think it was less than 12 minutes, it was completely listed to the left side and uh, almost capsized. <laughs> so it didn't take long, and um, a lot of the men who, a lot of the men didn't even get to their stations. And uh, so they were trying to find ways out of the ship. Now you have to remember the ship now is on its side and almost kind of going towards the, the top is almost towards the bottom of the ship. And so there's a lot of disorientation and one thing that some men did find was a porthole, a porthole that led, they could see light on the other side. So um, Father Al, we, it was about six foot two inches tall and thin. And um, so what he did was help hoist men up to through that porthole. And there were some officers uh, and sailors and Marines on the other side trying to pull them through the porthole. So it, as the story unfolds, um, Father Al helped get probably about eight through, and there was no more. And so then he started to go through the porthole, and he got hung up. And um, the thinking is he probably had his prayer book in his back pocket. Um, he might have had something else in there, holy oils. We don't know for sure, because he was a thin man, and... Um, he got stuck, and uh, the guys on the outside were saying, "Come on, Father, we got to get you through." And he said, "No, nah, I'm stuck." And then all of a sudden, he said, "You know what? I hear others coming. You know, push me back." And they said, "No, if we push you back, you know, you will not get out." And he said, "No, I order you to push me back." And uh, they reluctantly did. And uh, they said, actually, one of the sailors. Um, recounted the story where he, that was the last image he had of seeing Father's face kind of slide back into that port, through that porthole, and he blessed them and went back into the ship. And uh, after that, there's reports of four to five more men came through that porthole. And uh, that's the last we have, the last information we have on Father Al on that day, yeah. He must increase, so, and I must decrease, and the grain of wheat that dies, so the, the leaves, so 
true heroism, true moment of, of truth for revealing who he was and, and offering that. It's something we all hope if we ever face that moment that we would be willing to love our neighbor to the point of laying down our lives. But Father Al did it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a story that there are witnesses, obviously, that you've been able to, to connect with and things. Um, so this story is obviously well-known, but uh, things have happened in the last uh, decade, and particularly with Father Al and bringing awareness and recognition to him in a special way. And uh, could you maybe talk about that? Because you've been very much in, in, in the, at the heart of this kind of shepherding this whole process. Well, yeah, it's been, um, it's been an interesting uh, few years uh, in that, as you know, a lot of DNA sampling now has become um, very, very good and uh, very well um, accepted. And actually, Father Al's remains were actually identified. They did recover some of the remains from the punch bowl, and uh, Father Al's remains were one of those remains that were identified. That's the National Cemetery in Honolulu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So Mm -hmm. we were fortunate to uh, be able to actually bring Father Al back home. And um, we had um, services at St. Lucas, his home parish, and then we had services here at in Dubuque at Loris College, you know, the chapel that was dedicated to him and other um, veterans, other chaplains who have given their lives uh, to service in this country. So that was a that was a big day, a big time, and um, it, it was significant um, to be able to have him back. Um, it meant a lot to, especially older members of the family who. You know, it's always an unknown. No one really ever. Dr. Swan, I'm just going to ask you to to pause here for a moment as we take a quick break, and I hope you'll remain with us to to kind of tell the rest of the story here, if you would. All right. Sure. You listen to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Catholic Tuition Organization. Your support of CTO provides qualifying families tuition assistance to send their kiddos to our Catholic schools. They benefit and you benefit with 65% Iowa tax credits. Online at ctoiowa.org. Until December 15th, contributions from new donors are matched. New donors double their impact with a donation to CTO. Thanks to the Reichardt Family Foundation. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We are back with um, Dr. Stephen Sloan to talk about his great uncle, Father Al Schmidt, who died in Pearl Harbor. Thanks for remaining with us. Uh, 
few more minutes away from the Board of Regents, Steve. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's the, a great, great act of generosity on the part of the Schmidt family, wasn't it, to allow the remains not to come to St. Lucas but to come to Loris College? And uh, how do you think that uh, by having him, his remains there, they're within the chapel uh, toward the the side, uh, St. Joseph's side and Mary on that side, uh, you know, they're with as young people pass by, as young people worship uh, God in the Mass at, at Christ the King. What do you think this example of, of Father Al uh, speaks to young people or speaks to all of us? You know, I, uh, that was actually our hope throughout this whole thing, and um, is that his story, his example, um, would not end. And I, I think it's very important that... Um, we just, you know, we kind of take a time and think about this. Here's someone from small rural town in Iowa who goes to a Loris College, walks the hills, sits in a lot of the same buildings that others have, and at some point in his life he just decided that he's going to dedicate his life to service to others. And, you know, I I, I think that's huge, um, and, and that's the... That's the message I think we're trying to get through is this can happen to anyone. He was nothing. He was no one special. He, he didn't have, didn't arrive on this earth with a silver spoon in his mouth. He just a common person who worked hard and uh, tried to make a difference. And uh, we hope that that story, you know, that desire to follow um, will continue. And I, I think we, you know, you and I know that it, it, we've had, we've seen some positive results from it already. You know, we have a mutual friend, Father Nick Radloff, who definitely identified with Father Al. Um, and we hope there'll be many others um, that walk through that chapel and get even, to know even though he was an Air Force guy, not a Navy guy, right? <laughs> no. And no. he will remind us of that very quickly too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but within the Navy, uh, yeah. I, we, we have about two and a half minutes left. Um, our, our mutual acquaintance and friend, Father Daniel Mode. Uh, now I want—I don't want to over-rank over him, but uh, he is, I believe, Chief of Chaplains for the U.S. Pacific Fleet of the U.S. Navy. Uh, he's very taken with Father Al and makes a point amidst his world travels to come to Dubuque, does he not? He's Yeah, Father Mode is quite a guy, as you well know, Um he has been very instrumental in all of this, all the activities around Father L. You know, and he's, you know, he's just, uh, he's one of these great guys. You know, he actually wrote the, the Grunt Padre about Father Capadano. Um, and that's, you know, you wouldn't know it and speak with him. He's just so quiet and uh, very, um, very, you know, doesn't ever let us know what really is going on in his life. But he has been really wonderful. He's actually the one... On the 76th anniversary, when we got the Silver Star, Father Moe decided, let's take that chalice that hasn't been used since December 7th, you know, 1941, clean it up and use it. 76 years later, and he used it. And um, that's just the kind of thinking he is, the kind of person he is. But, yeah, he's, he has a special place uh, in our hearts. And uh, we call, we got actually, when he comes back, we call it in Dubuque mode. So uh, <laughs> it's it's always fun when he's back. Yes. Good. Yes. 
Well, with a, a little less than a minute here, uh, you are still working to bring uh, Father Al Schmidt and the island that's named after him in Dubuque Harbor. Uh, tell us about that project that might, uh, whether we wait till the pandemic is uh, we pass over or even before that as we make little local destination trips, what's going on there at the island? Yeah, about the 30 island. Seconds, it, 30 it, seconds here. All right. Uh, a new change in Veterans Island. It's on Schmidt Island, and there is a monument um, featured, and this monument is um, 18 tons, and it's circular. It's kind of like a silo, so to speak, and up at the top is an opening, and um, the idea is you go into this and we're going to have Structure. to conclude. I'm sorry, you know, right. right? But uh, you've whetted our appetites, and thank you so much, Steve. Uh, my my <laughs> love to Julie and your family. Blessed Advent to you, and thank you for being with us. Thanks, Thanks, Steve. This has been another show of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.